welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. We serve an incredible God who fills our lives with incredible things. And like you, I like to thank Him and thank Him often. I like to count all my blessings. I like to thank Him that He rescued me, that He saved me, that He rescued me from this world. I'll tell you, my testimony is, if it wasn't for God, I would either be dead or worse. So I thank Him. I thank Him for my family. I thank Him for my church family. I like to thank Him for, for all of you. I even thank Him for Drew. Tell you what, now that's, that's gratitude. I thank Him that He gave my wife such a hot husband. I mean... It's just so, so lucky. It's good to be grateful though, isn't it? But you know what's also what I think is even more important than being grateful? Being faithful. Being faithful with all that God has given us. Being faithful with every one of His blessings. So that when I thank Him for my life, I go, God, thank you for my life, but gee, I really want my life to bring you honour. When I thank him for my beautiful children, I say, God, thank you for my incredible children, but help me to bring them up in your ways that they may become your disciples. When I say, God, thank you for rescuing me. Go, God, give me the strength to be faithful with that message and help others to be rescued by you. God, thank you. We need to be a faithful and grateful people. There's something else that we need to be grateful for, and it's something that we all share, something that we all have in common. We all have this thing that unites us. God blesses us in different ways, but he has blessed us in this one way, equally. And that's in the area of giftings, talents, and abilities. We all have giftings, talents, and abilities. Maybe different ones, but we are all gifted by God. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that something worth getting excited about? That we serve a God who creates us for a time and a purpose with certain giftings. That's incredible. And, you know, we need to develop those gifts. Use them. Use them to the full potential. Bring them to the fore. We need to do to them what Paul urged Timothy to do in his letter to him in 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 6. We're just going to go there and have a look at what Paul urges Timothy to do. He says this, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. Everyone say it with me. Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We need to fan our gifts into a flame. We need to fan them into a flame. And that's the word that God has for you this morning, Victory. You need to fan your giftings into a flame. We have a multitude We have a myriad of giftings in this church, in this house right now, that we need to fan into a flame. We need to make them become a flame. And even if you think that you're doing well in the area of your giftings, let me ask you, and maybe bring you the same challenge that Paul brings. Would you consider your gifting a flame? Can you honestly look at your giftings, whether you've got one or many? Can you honestly see them and say, yes, my giftings are aflame right now. Not a little trick, little ember here and there, not a gentle little glow, but an absolute flame. I don't think there'll be many of us who can do that. 
with all of our giftings. We may be operating in them, but God's call through the Holy Spirit is that we fan them into a flame. Fan them into a flame. If you think of a flame, it's amazing. It's all-consuming. It's powerful. It's almost scary. And it grows and it grows. I love that imagery of being able to fan our gifts into a flame. That's what I believe God has for us this morning, to look at our giftings. As we start this year off, as we look in our lives, as we evaluate God, what have you called me to do? I believe that we need to walk into this year aware of our giftings, aware that we've been gifted by God, and aware that we need to work on these giftings and develop them into an all-consuming flame. But to do that, we need to fan them. God gives, but if we're faithful with what he's given us, he'll give us more. God gives, but it's up to us to develop them. He won't impose his will on us. He'll just say, okay, I give you this. Now it's up to you to do with that what you want with it. And so we need to fan them. And so this morning, I just want to give a few things that I think will help us all to hopefully fan those gifts into a flame. Now, the first thing that we need to be able to do so that we can fan our gifts into a flame is simply this. Realize that you have gifts. Realize that you are gifted. So my first point is just simply this. Victory, you've got talent. Victory, you've got amazing talent. And I don't mean silly talent like on the show when people get up and sing and uh, they say, well, I have no professional training and uh, like, like it's a surprise. No, I'm talking about real gifts, real talent. You need to realize that God doesn't overlook anybody. All of you have got gifts and talents given by God. God doesn't make mistakes. You were designed for this time fearfully, wonderfully, and with giftings. Nobody has been overlooked by God. None of you. God doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't make junk. And the problem is that many people don't realize that. I know the Bible says that you know, um, we shouldn't think more of ourselves than we ought to. But I think sometimes the problem is that many people don't think enough of themselves. You have been gifted. You have got a myriad of gifts. Young people, it doesn't matter what anyone has told you. Even if you were told that you were useless, it doesn't matter. I'd love to slap the person who did it because it's not true. God thinks differently of you. God is up there in heaven right now cheering you on, saying, I know what's in you. I put it there. Now move into it and fan it into a flame. I believe in you. God, I believe, is cheering every single person on this morning. Even the older folk, I believe that you are the most gifted people in this house with your experience and everything you've been through. But those gifts are laying dormant, and I believe it's a time right now, this year, for our church to be able to walk into all our promises, to look into ourselves and say, God, help me fan these gifts into a flame. I, as a dad, I love seeing my children walk into their gifting. It's annoying, it's frustrating, but I love it. I love seeing my daughter getting in trouble all the time because she thinks she rules the universe. She wants to rule our house. She doesn't understand why we don't, you know, submit to her will. She gives me, she gives us financial advice. She says, what to do with our money? She rearranges our house. She says, that doesn't look good there. That color doesn't work there, so she rearranges it. She even gives me parental advice. The other day she said to me, you know, you should have told my little sister off because she wasn't being naughty. She was just tired and walks off. So it's like, who made you Oprah Winfrey? Trying to psychoanalyze me, you know? And it's frustrating, but it's also beautiful because I'm seeing this anointing of leadership on her life. And I know that if I harness that properly, it's going to develop and it's going to become an absolute flame for God. 
Because God is like that. He's our dad. He wants to cheer us on with the giftings. My son is a sports freak, and it scares me. He, he sleeps with his cricket bat. He, he, he doesn't do anything but bowl, and he knows the stats. He prefers test to one day. He's only six years old, and he just practices day in, day out. He may be as good as JT one day. Who knows? His flame may develop that big. We were at the soccer last week, and uh, there was this, I think Jared's here, there was this quiet moment, and he gets frustrated with sport. He just gets right into it. And there's one moment, he stands up, kicks the chair in front of him, and yells out, yells out come on, United, smash the flipping thing, will you? This kid's six years old. Everyone just, I'm thinking, oh my, I blame the mother. I blame the mother. It's not my fault. It really isn't. But, you know, but I'm looking at this, I mean, this kid is passionate about sport. There's something about that. And I tell you, as frustrating and embarrassing as it is, I don't think Jay will ever come with us again, but it doesn't matter. I'll tell you what, it's great to see the fact that he's passionate about something. And I'm, and I'm going to harness that and help him develop it and cheer him on. And your heavenly father right now in heaven is doing exactly the same thing. He's cheering you on, saying, come on, I know what's in you. Develop it. Let it out. It doesn't matter if you stumble, fall, or go too far. He wants to rejoice in you as you develop and walk in your gifting. He wants to cheer you on and help you as you develop your gifting because that's the father that he is. Now, this isn't a gifts course. We've got a great gifts course in a few weeks' time. I urge you to go to that. This is just a reminder of our God-given mandate to walk out in our giftings and not just operate in them, but fan them into the flame that they're meant to be. Now, if you want, just, just a quick tip. If, if you've got no idea about what your giftings are, I've got two tips for you. Service and passion. Service and passion. So whatever your passions are. Th- think, this is what I say to my students at school. I say to them, look, if you could do anything, no restrictions, not about money, talent, whatever. If you look into your heart right now, and if you could do anything for God, anything at all, what would it be? What would it be? Where would you go? What would you build? What would you do? Now, your giftings lay somewhere around there. So your passions. God gives us passions. God gives us desires. Your gifting is somewhere in there. And also service. If you've got no idea and you've tried, just serve. At least you'll find out what you don't like. But just get involved and you serve. And then you serve and then you serve. And then you realize what you like and what you've been called into. You serve. Passions and service. If you have no idea what your giftings are. But realize that we've been Gifted by God. Gifted to fan those gifts into an all-consuming, amazing flame. So that's the first thing we've got to do. We've got to start by realizing. I think many people have got, know that they've got abilities. They know they're capable. But they don't realize that it's more than that. They're God-given gifts. Part of your design. Part of your plan. Part of your purposes. And more important, part of what He wants to do through you. They're not just little skills that you can do. They're God-given, designed Giftings. Amen? Something else that I think is going to help us this morning to fan the flame of our gifts is this. Know that we actually have, have power available from God to be able to do this. God just doesn't say, right, hey, so here's some gifts. Now, good luck. Now, he actually pours out power upon us in that verse that we just read in 2 Timothy 1.6. In 1.7, he goes on to add this to his encouragement to fan the gifts into a flame. He says, For the Spirit of God 
It's the Spirit of God that's going to give us the power that we need. So he's saying, fan into a flame your gift because the Spirit of God, that the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, gives us love and self-discipline. This is also crucially important. You need to realize that God equips those that he calls. He wants to give power from on high. He wants to couple your giftings with his power. He has gifted you and he wants to walk with you every step of the way by giving you his power. I think people, we just don't understand God's grace. We think that God's grace is just, you know, his saving grace. That's awesome and I love it and I love to worship it. But there's another side to God's incredible grace. There's his enabling grace. His empowering grace. The grace that he gives us to be able to walk out in our giftings. There is grace available. The grace that will give us his anointing, his spirit, his presence. He'll couple all of our giftings with his enabling grace. Paul often says, God gave me the grace to preach. It's because of the grace given me that I can build his church. Now, I talked before that my son loves cricket and he's always practicing his batting. You know, this is what the anointing is like. This is what God wants to do. I like to help him. And I stand over him and I position his feet. I position the, his, his bat. And I show him how to bat with a straight bat and hold the elbow up. And when I do it with him, he can do it really well. When I let go, he stumbles and kind of just gets there. That's a picture of God, what God wants to do with you and for you. That's a picture of his anointing. No matter what your gifting is, when you walk in it, when you step out in faith, he will stand over you. He will guide you. He will give you the wisdom, the anointing, the power, the presence that you need to be able to develop that gift into an awesome flame. There is power available. If you're operating in your gifting right now and you feel sapped, just remember that there is power available, power from on high, power that he wants to pour out to you. When he gave his disciples the commission to spread the gospel all over the world, he said to them, wait until power comes upon you. There is power available from the living God. That's a picture of what he wants to do with us. Again, he's our heavenly father. He won't leave us alone. He won't just say, okay, here's what you can do. He wants to go with you. He wants to actually accompany you with his anointing and his presence. So just remember that there is power available. I mean, people say to me, you know, how do you preach, you know, being a full-time worker and all, and all this stuff? I, I, I really can't tell you. I rob a bit of time here and there. They say, how do you have time to prepare? I don't know. But it just happens. And I just say, it's God's grace. Yeah, when I'm preparing, when I'm, when I'm trying to shape something together, it just happens. And it's not my wisdom or ability. It's, I just know it. My, my first prayer is always say, God, give me the grace that I need to be able to do this. And by grace, I mean, I'm not just talking about his, his love and his mercy. I'm talking about his grace that empowers me. His grace that gives me his anointing. His grace that gives me his presence. And that is also available to you. Rely on his power. Seek his power. That's what he wants us to do. There's, I, I'm a high school teacher and I teach a lot of lovable freaks. They're fantastic. And this is one freak that I love that I've met recently. Meeting him, I feel like I've met John the Baptist. Uh, he's got woolly hair. He's just the roughest, roughest guts, roughest they come. But man, he, he preaches the word of God to whoever listens. He creates uh, prayer meetings. Kids are playing on the, you know, on the swings and he jumps out and he goes, Oi, you lot, get in there and pray. And both Christians and non-Christians run in there and pray. I think it's fantastic. He scares people. I see him walking around school with a Bible, telling people to repent. They're going to hell. You know, he's just like, repent. You know, you're wasting your life. You know, like some kids going, I'm, I'm just going to get my recess. Go, How can you eat when you're going to hell? How can you think about that? And he just goes on and on. And I've watched it and I thought, nah, let him go. 
I didn't go, what the heck? Life will teach him wisdom eventually, hopefully, you know. But what the heck, too many other Christians, especially Christian kids, are too quiet in school. They make no noise. This guy's making too much noise, but at least he's doing something. This is how, he's making a difference in people's lives, creating prayer meetings and worship teams. and uh, He's just amazing. And the other day I was talking to him. I told him, mate, I love your passion. Why, why do you do all this? And he goes, oh, we've got a great school here, but if we're going to really make a difference, we need God's power. We need God's power to come. doesn't matter how good we are. doesn't matter how polished we are. doesn't matter what we can do. We need God's available power to us. And I'm there, man, go for it. Go for it. I don't care how many people you scare in the meantime. I don't care. Have a shower every now and again. That'd be nice, you know. But it doesn't matter. Just go for it. Go, go crazy. Go, go psycho. Stand up and preach and Bible bash all you want. Rather that than just being you know, absolutely quiet. So there is that power available to us. Why do we get together and pray in the mornings? Because we need God's power. Yeah, some of us might be able to talk a bit. Some of us can play music. You know, we might have great you know, ministries, but they're nothing. They're nothing unless God comes and couples them with his power. That's what makes the difference. And that's what he wants to give you with your gifting. So don't, don't be afraid. If you step out, if you recognize what they are, and you step out, just be assured. Just be assured that there's an incredible promise that God will couple that with his incredible anointing power, presence, and grace. Amen? Something else that I believe can help us to uh, fan our gifts into a flame is what Paul goes on to say. I think the Bible is really simple. It's just, when you read it in context, it's great. He goes on to say this, For the Spirit of God doesn't make us timid, but it gives us power, and it gives us love. He gives us love. That's another way that we can fan our giftings, giftings into an incredible flame, by His power, by recognizing that we have gifts, but also with love. We're being motivated by love. If you're operating in your gifts right now and uh, maybe you're feeling a little bit weak, maybe you've forgotten that. Maybe you've forgotten that. You, know, you can't love people like we've been called to love people. I can't, nobody can. Only he can help us to do that. That's a constant prayer that, of my life. That God, help me. I just say, Holy Spirit, help me to love God and love people like I should. Because without you, I cannot do it. God wants to fill you. He wants to come and touch you and fill you with his love. So that you are motivated by love, not out of selfish ambition, not out of self-seeking desires, because they are what burn people out, not out of legalism, but simply because, first and foremost, you do it for him, to honour him with what he's given you, and because of the things that he wants to do in you and through you with your giftings. That's why we do it. And that's what being powered by his love can do us, can do for us. So we seek him for his incredible love for us. But the problem is, I think that many people just, just forget, forget that their giftings are not just about them. They're not just about us and our blessing. They're about him and his purposes. Many people have built great empires, great companies, great friendships, great hobbies, great homes, great all sorts with the very skills and gifts that God has put in them. And that's great. That's part of the blessing. But there's another side to the blessing. Those blessings, those gifts have also been given for you to build his kingdom, to build his church. And I am talking specifically to the church. You can't say, oh yeah, I'm building God's kingdom because I'm nice to people at work. I'm talking about the church. It's actually a mandate that we have to be able to operate into those gifts. So we operate in them in every sphere of our lives. Every sphere. Come with me to um, Ephesians 4. 11, 12, and um, 
This is what Paul's talking about. He's talking about all the people, all the great people that uh, God can give the church, evangelists, prophets, and pastors, and teachers. And then he says this. He does this to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And what's the body of Christ? What's the context here? The church. You have been equipped. You are being equipped. You are equipped from time eternal. You are being equipped right now, every week that you come here. You are being equipped daily by your, by your Heavenly Father for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up. That's God's heart right here in this verse. That's God's mandate right now. Yes, be blessed. Yes, build your empires. Yes, build your great homes. Yes, build everything that he wants you to build. Yes, partake in the blessing that comes with operating your giftings. But don't neglect also the fact that we have that mandate to build God's kingdom with those very gifts. It's humbling, but it's true. We're called to serve in God's kingdom. Just thinking now, just of Jesus, just so remember that moment. Isn't that amazing when um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time in, I can't remember the verse now, where Jesus, it says that Jesus discovered or realized that all power had been given to him. Is it talking about all power in all creation? You know, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good moment. Imagine that. Imagine you, you guys suddenly realizing, man, I have power over all of creation. That's pretty good. I wouldn't mind a bit of that. But then what amazes me more is what he goes on to do with that. He realizes that he's been granted power over all of creation. So he grabs a towel, he kneels down, and he starts washing stinking, disgusting, filthy, moldy feet. All power over all of creation. What's his first act? Serves. He serves. That's amazing. Now we might think, man, I'm talented. I've got all these gifts, all these things. Oh, God is giving me the ability to make money, the ability to make friends, the ability to build things. That's fantastic. But if we follow Jesus' example, I think it's pretty clear what we're supposed to do with those things. The first thing we're supposed to do with them is serve. Serve with those things. And I'm not just talking about serving in one area. I'm talking about serving in every area. Have a look at Ephesians 4, 11, 12. It's a, it's a powerful, powerful verse. So what's the, what's the state? What's the state of your giftings right now? Talk about the incredible fact that God has given all of us amazing gifts, gifts that we can walk out in. This is how I want you to have a look at them right now and think, okay, are they aflame? What's the state of them? Are, they, are you just going along with them? Are they kind of visible? You know, that, that's okay. You know, I, I don't think, you know, you, I think it would, to be real, probably be impossible for all of our gifts to be ablaze the whole time. But at least I believe that we should, that's what we should be trying to do. We should be trying to achieve what God is asking us to try to achieve here. To constantly, to not become complacent, to not become sick of them. Yes, there's a prize. Yes, there's sacrifice. In that verse later on, Paul goes on to ask Timothy, come and join me in suffering for the gospel. 
There is, there, is a, there is a price to pay when you serve. Of course there is. There is sacrifice. There is a bit of pain. But it's, it's, it's all worth it. Number one, because you're fulfilling God's commandment. Because you're fulfilling God's will for your life. But it's also worth it because of the results that you're able to see. It's great to be, it's great to be blessed. But I tell you, all of you have been involved in blessing other people. There's no greater joy than that. Absolutely nothing, not, nothing greater than that. Someone was telling me the other day, you know, I've achieved all my dreams. What do I do now? Achieved everything I wanted to do. I, just, I, 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 I need another dream. I'm thinking, well, here's a dream for you. How about if, now that you've achieved all your dreams, you help to, other people to achieve their dreams? Freely we've received, freely to give. It's about that. And that's how we can fan our incredible giftings into a flame. Amen? Can I get the uh, worship team to come up, please? There's a... Um, the parable of the talents is also tells us something quite pertinent about this because I know the context of that is finances, but I believe the principle is still the same. Now, it talks about what people do with what they've been given. Some are faithful, some are not. Those that were faithful, yeah, great, they were blessed and received more. Those that weren't faithful with what God gave them, God took away from them. We all know that parable. A lot of us are familiar with that parable. But what struck me as I was reading it again this week was just that final bit, that final bit that I often overlook, you know, those nasty bits where God, you know, is pretty, a bit tough. And um, I'll just read out to you what that final parable says. It says, after the person who was blessed by God wasted his blessing and did nothing with his blessing and God took it away from him, it says this, it says, it says throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I've read various accounts of what that could mean. A lot of theologians are actually quite opposed to what that means. So I'm not going to tell you what that means because I really don't, I actually don't know either. However, being the deep theologian that I am, I can tell you this much. It's not good. It's not good. Could be to do with um, eternal rewards, could be to do with a lack of peace here on earth, lack of joy, lack of satisfaction, lack of fulfillment, lack of purpose, lack of direction, being self-introspective. Um, I know it could be, I, I don't know. I just know it's not good. I just know I don't want any of it. I don't know if you remember the, um, everyone's in the, uh, the Incredibles, the picture? I don't know. When I, when I think, when I read, Deep verses like this, I think of cartoons. It's just, it helps me understand. Um, remember that scene where Mr. Incredible is bored as in the, in, in, the, um, in the office and he's typing away with his big muscles. You know, you know what he is. You know, he's got his big muscles and he's typing away and he's just like bored as, stamping away, stamping away, you know, not walking in the plans and the destinies that were his. I believe that, I may not know what that verse means, but I believe it's something to do with that. I believe that those of us that aren't operating in our gifting, aren't developing our, our gifting, and aren't actively working towards fanning our gifting are a little bit like that. We go through life like that. Go through life bored, dissatisfied, with no direction. We, got to, we, we go through life blaming everybody else for you know, things that we're not happy about. One of the discussions that we had in our connect group this week was that people that are leading people to Christ and people that are doing what they're supposed to be doing, man, they're the most satisfied, purpose-driven people on the face of this earth because they're not consumed about themselves or their needs. 
How much time do you spend thinking about your needs compared to the needs of others? The kingdom of God has just got it all back to front. Jesus got it all back to front. If you want to go up, go down. If you want to be great, be humble. If you want to be satisfied, serve and give. You want to receive, give. I don't know, but it works. <laughs> it works out like that. So don't wait. Don't wait for that moment. I think many people are waiting for that elusive best to come moment. It's, you're, I believe your best moment is now. It really is now. You know, I talk to people that, you know, at school that want to be evangelists. You know, I think, well, you want to be a great evangelist? Fantastic. Preach now. Share the word of God now. Don't wait. You know, your, your best time is not coming. Your best time is right this moment. To step out and start fanning those incredible gifts that God has for you into a flame. Otherwise, you're going to be like Mr. Incredible and just be typing away ding, the rest of your lives. Ding, stamping, stamping. When you could be doing so much more, when in you, there's this incredible, incredible man and woman of God filled with a destiny, filled with a purpose, filled with gifts, filled with a calling. And there's an incredible reward on the other side of being able to walk in that calling. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.